welcome to JudgeCast. My name is CJ Schrader, a level two judge from Smyrna, Georgia. And with me, as always, my two spoiled co-hosts. First off, we have Jess Dunks. This is Jess. I'm a level three judge from Madison, Wisconsin. And Brian Prilliman. Hello, I'm Brian, a level three judge from Orlando, Florida. So we have a very special episode today. Uh, one I don't know if we ever believed we'd get. But we have a spoiler card to share with the world. Awesome. So we'll read it? it in just a second. <laughs> it's 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 kind of exciting. Going to try and play this in a tiny leader's deck for sure. <laughs> I'll read it here in just a second. But if you want to see a picture of it, you can find it at judgecast.com slash BFZ spoiler. You know, everybody's already gone there. Well, everybody already clicked the link in the show. Yeah. Anyway, one person went there and <laughs> it's over. But I whatever. We're doing the best we can. All right. The card name is Molten Nursery. Costs two and a red. It's an enchantment. It has Devoid. And it says, whenever you cast a colorless spell, Molten Nursery deals one damage to target creature or player. Should I, should I go ahead and read the flavor text? Yeah, it's part of the card. S- some detours just aren't worth it. Wrath Slug Eater, Goblin Shortcutter. Remember? Remember that guy from Zendikar? Slug Eater is the best goblin name. <laughs> is it? Absolutely. I like Tuck Tuck. Elliot Raff's new nickname. Right. Elliot Raff Slug Eater. It sounds like an insult, you know? It's like from Harry Potter. Anyway, so... I, I love the how the Devoid cards look. This one is no exception. It's got that border at the top. So it's got like a rocky a rocky edge to it. And then yeah, it, like a hedron maybe. Oh, that looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> that would make sense. It would. Yeah. Well, I think this one in, in particular, I think it's actually, is this supposed to be part of the art? Like, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's supposed to be, like, the art extends outside kind of like a, the Planeswalker cards. And then uh, it goes all, up and it's got this different top like all, the Miracle cards did. Yeah. They all have that, that border top, but... The frame, the frame is awesome. the The art goes outside the frame. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And the art shows a Eldrazi just bursting out of a bunch of lava, which I didn't know they were immune to lava, but do apparently they, they are. Do they hatch? Is that how that works? Like their eggs are just sitting oh, in lava? just like, uh, I don't, I don't know how we get new Eldrazi. I never thought about it. Well, they well, just this is, exist. This is well, if you take the proper detours, you get to find out. <laughs> uh, so, right, so back. go ahead, Brian. Yeah, so since we're since we are a podcast focused on rules and judge policy and stuff like that, we figured we would talk a little bit about the the rules of this card and help help you guys understand all the all the little nuances that's going on. So the first thing that we've got is the mechanic devoid. So this is this is an enchantment. It's rules text is this card has no color. So even though the mana cost has a red mana symbol in it, it is not a red card. So Devoid is going to be a characteristic defining ability. There is no color indicator, prob- like on uh, vampire, uh, sorry, not vampire, werewolf cards. Uh, when you flip them over, they had the little color indicator. My guess is that there's no color indicator because how do you represent no color? Right. <laughs> yeah, so Go- Ghostfire actually missed the giant color indicator update of all of the cards. So I- I- I'm not surprised that these don't have a color indicator. Right. I mean, how do you indicate no color? It doesn't make sense. They indicate color, not no color. If it color. doesn't make sense, you must acquit. Right. <laughs> so so Devoid is a is a characteristic defining ability, which means if for whatever reason you have multiple effects that are changing the colors uh, of cards, mm-hmm. say you have a painter servant or a darkest hour or something like that that's trying or darkest hour does creatures. But if you have a something that's trying to change the color of all permanents on the battlefield, you apply the characteristic defining ability of Devoid first. Okay, so that and then the the other ability uh, second, regardless of timestamp. Right. 
So it doesn't matter which permanent enters the battlefield first. It's it's going to be relatively straightforward. Yep. So that's uh, devoid. That's devoid. Yeah. And this this card also has uh, a triggered ability. There's a couple of interesting things about it. Uh, the first one is that this is something that triggers when you cast a spell. This is in theme with all of the Eldrazi spells from the original uh, Rise of the Eldrazi. The, all those Eldrazi that did things when you cast them. This kind of fits with that thematically. And that triggered ability is separate from the spell. It goes on, on the stack on top of the spell. So if you counter their spell in response to the trigger, it won't do anything to the trigger. There's Whatever the target is, is still going to uh, get one damage dealt to it. Now, it doesn't trigger off of lands. Even though lands are colorless, you're not casting them. They're not spells, except in the weird case where you're morphing a Zoetic Cavern, but let's not go there. Um <laughs> So and don't now, send us emails on that either. That's actually that's actually a great point that this will trigger off of every morph. Uh, every morph you play, trigger this will trigger face the, down every face down, uh, and of course most right. artifacts. Uh, sorry, I thought that was a given, but I guess not. It's face down morph creatures will trigger this. Yes, and it's a, it itself is a colorless uh, source, right? So if it, if you you can target things that have protection from red, it can deal damage to things that have protection from red. So no core firewalker is safe. <laughs> Uh, fr- from the molten nursery. From the double molten nursery. Core Firewalker cannot walk through this fire. <laughs> he just looks at that detour and he goes, "That's it's, not. It's worth not it. worth it. It's not worth it." <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk. Jess was talking about how this is a trigger. Obviously, since we are a judge podcast, we want to talk a little bit briefly about policy. So, um, there is such a thing called missed trigger. Um, and this is right here. This is a trigger that requires uh, a target of creature or player, which means when you cast the spell, you need to acknowledge the trigger and declare a target for it. And if you proceed past that point, you've, you've missed your trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Brian's referring to at competitive REL. Well, yes. this is also true at uh, at regular Ariel. Sure. Uh, the only difference is how we handle it when the players realize that they've missed their trigger. Yeah, if that's you're fair. Your, if you're at your pre-release and uh, you you cast a colorless spell, and then a, a, a very short time later you, you resolve whatever it is, and and then you go, oh wait, I I forgot this trigger. We're we're going to let you have the trigger. We're going to put it on the stack and let them choose a target at that yeah. time. At uh, regular. At, re- yeah. at, at, at what's called regular rules enforcement level, which all of your pre-releases, all of your FNMs, those are all going to be that. If you go to a, a preliminary Pro Tour qualifier or a Star City Games Open or a sealed GP, five K of any kind, or a sealed GP, uh, those operate under competitive rules enforcement level. And if you miss this trigger, we're not going to put it on the stack unless your opponent wants it on the stack, and they probably don't want it on the stack. <laughs> I expect to see this card blow up standard, so. I think we'll get lots of calls about. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that, <laughs> but I, so, I do think it's a fun card. Yeah. So before before we talk about overall overall impressions of the card, one one last rules question or, or point is how does this interact with EDH? Is this a red card? Is it a colorless card? What is it? So in in EDH, obviously, because we're judges, so we need to talk a little bit about EDH or tiny leaders, Jess. Or commander. Yeah, absolutely, tiny leaders. Oh, oh sorry. Or commander. That's uh, the you, company line, man. We're giving no. out a spoiler. Oh, yep. Commander, uh, EDH, whichever. Well, hey, we make jokes about being me being old, so yep. we'll just say my memory. I forgot that the last four years, 
<laughs> when you normal. started, when you started, they were just dragon highlanders. <laughs> they were, they were, they were the babies, baby, <laughs> baby, baby dragon highlander, baby, baby dragons. Um, All right, so what were you gonna, what were you gonna say, yeah, commander? So, so commander uses this thing called color identity to determine what cards can go in your deck. It's one of the defining characteristics of commander, and the color identity of a card is the color or colors uh, of mana symbols in that card's mana cost or rules text plus any colors defined by its characteristic defining abilities. So that's plus, and then or color indicators. So this card has a, a red mana symbol in its mana cost. So it is con- its color identity is red, which means you can play it in any deck that has a general with a red color identity. So that means you cannot play it in your Karn Silver Golem deck because he is all colorless, he has no color color identity, or his color identity is colorless. However, you can play it in your Bosch Iron Golem deck. Even though he is an artifact and he has no mana uh, colored mana symbol in his casting cost, he does have a red mana in his activated ability, so he's red. But all of these same rules apply to Tiny Leaders as well, for anybody that's wondering that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if something different happens with that, but I don't have any knowledge of it, it's just... I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I'd say they're pretty happy where it is you now. You think it's going to say the same? You I think it'd say the same. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We should ask Elliot Raff, Slug Eater. <laughs> Ooh. Is he's a goblin shortcutter? Goblin shortcutter. Yes. Is he a goblin tournament shortcutter? I like, I like that his job is a shortcutter, and he still is like, uh, I'm not going to shortcut here. He's like, yeah, this one's no. That's like It's your job, dude. I mean, it kind of makes sense with the, the Goblin Shortcutter, you know, only makes things unblock, only makes certain things unblockable, right? Like He also dies to this. It's true. <laughs> he dies very quickly to this. Yeah. You know, maybe if he ate something other than slugs, his constitution would be a little bit <laughs> that's higher. That's fair. You know, that's a good point. It is. How many slugs do you have to eat before your last name is Slug Eater? Well, it depends on what slugs. If it's honestly, like giant, giant slug. Honestly, if you ate like one, I'd probably... Call you slug eater? Uh, yeah, you'd be Brian slug eater. If I saw you eating <laughs> one slug, like just raw, yeah, yeah, you're Brian slug eater from that slug point eater on. Slug eater from then on. So, so really, this is just an unfortunate elementary school nickname. Yeah, <laughs> he, he got he got it in the Goblin Nursery. Yeah. Okay. So, so this card, this card looks looks to me like it's it's basically most sets have the red enchantment that plays off of the one of the set themes or keywords and so this set has uh it's looking like devoid and colorless is one of the the main vibes of the eldrazi so this would be the red enchantment that that goes to that so if you're like sealed or draft or something like that and this comes to you and you kind of sit there and you're wondering if you're going to do it and you're going to run the colorless deck is this is this a thing uh, it's, it could be. I, I don't know if that D two is worth it. <laughs> That's a lot of setup for that. Joke. It was a lot of setup for that. Joke. I didn't even I see the joke coming. I appreciated the setup. I'm so for happy that Jess slammed that in because I would not have. <laughs> I was like, I don't think so. I wish Morph was kind of in this set now. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like it works for so well. Right. I, I think this is this is probably. I can see this is like something that after you've after you've played in the format, played the format for a little bit, you can you you might be. You might come across this and be like, you know what? I'm gonna have some fun. I'm gonna honest, play yeah. You you're pick up gonna... three of these and you're like bolting every time. Well, yeah, well you're not even. You're gonna be like that detour is totally worth it. <laughs> it's, it's probably gonna depend on how many how many like X1 creatures are in the, are in the format because That's true. like you you probably don't need a whole lot of colorless colorless spells to make it worth. Like we haven't seen the full set, so we don't know how much it is. But well, like four five is what makes it worth it. Yeah. Mm. 
Maybe a little bit more? I don't know. I don't know. So if you're out there listening and you're interested in becoming a judge, being cool like the rest of us, you can visit our official, the uh, judge program's official blog on how, uh, which describes how to become a judge. And you can visit that at judgecast.com slash become a judge, which will redirect you straight to the blog. We'll also have a link directly to it in our show notes. Which goes right along with the spoiler. Yes. Yeah. So... Like you said, if you're interested in becoming a judge, we're we're always looking for people who are interested in running events. And that doesn't necessarily have to be large Grand Prix or pro tours. It, it can be at your local store. If you are the, the, the rules person at your store and you're answering questions and maybe you're occasionally helping with, with scorekeeping or collecting results, then you are doing the job of a judge. So go to this URL, give it a read. Follow it. Contact your local L two. Get get a get a test, and uh, let's let's get you in there. All right. And if you want to hear more from us, you can find us every other week at JudgeCast.com. We do lots of episodes like this. We, in fact, we have an FAQ episode coming up in the not too distant future where we'll cover every card, not in quite this much detail, but we will cover every card that has any kind of rules interest at all to help people get prepared for judging or even playing in your pre-release. So. With that, I'd like to thank you guys for listening. I'd like to thank you guys for being on with me. My name is CJ Schrader. I keep it fair. I'm Jess Dunks. I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prilliman. I keep it shortcut or big. <laughs> Not slug eating? God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>